0: Good morning. My name is Joyce DeRiga. I'm the editor of the Chicago Catholic, and welcome to Beyond the Headlines. This is where we go beyond the headlines, just on the stories that we've covered, and take a little deeper look into meeting the people behind the stories and who are doing the good works throughout the Archdiocese of Chicago. So today, I'm excited. We have um, Katie Joy Doffenbach from the Athenaeum. Center for Thought and Culture, which is a new center that's over in um, Lakeview, Lincoln Park, next to St. Alphonsus Church, that's starting up to do um, some great um, art programs. And well, we'll just let Katie Joy talk about it. So, Katie Joy, welcome. for being here today, speaking with you. My pleasure. So, tell everybody what the Athenaeum Center for Culture, Th- Thought and Culture is.
1: Yeah, so the Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture, we're actually, so it's a theater building that was built by the Redemptorist Fathers back in 1911 as part of the St. Alphonsus campus. So it's owned by the Archdiocese, but um, over the last several years, it's kind of been operated by different non-religious entities. So really our hope with now starting this new Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture is to really bring it back to our roots and our mission At the Athenaeum is to invite people into encounters with beauty and to really revitalize the great catholic tradition of the arts from this location in one of Chicago's most unique religious artistic and civic buildings
0: it's a historic building right like it's been it's the longest running we think community theater Outside the, the largest like off
1: loop theater in Chicago for sure. Yeah. So they've been doing a lot of good work there since nineteen eleven. Um it's hosted a lot of different productions, community gatherings throughout the year. So really rich history to build on for sure. And
0: you're it's still doing that, right? Like you're still having from based on your website and stuff, you're still having the what I would call secular productions. But then you're also gonna have yes. okay.
1: So we have a lot of space. It's a, it's a Really big building, as you saw from the photos. There, there's a 1,000 seat Proscenium theater, and then we also have two black box studio theaters. And then we're actually in the process; we just broke ground on a new multi purpose event space. It's going to be like a really, really gorgeous new space that we can use for, you know, retreats, lectures, receptions, um, talkbacks, things like that. So we're building that out right now. There's also a lot of like office and rehearsal space. So. We're really like a, you know, an asset to community in terms of providing affordable rental space for productions. And we host a lot of different theater companies. We, you know, been home to the Lakeview Orchestra for many years now, um, different ballet companies. So we do host, operate as a rental house, but the goal with our new organization, the Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture is to really um, start curating our own programming and producing new works that kind of promote this mission of bringing more beauty into the world and into culture. It's exciting.
0: How did you guys come up? It was you and your husband mainly who founded this. How did it come about?
1: Yeah. So my husband Lawrence uh, and I, we've been long-term parishioners at St. Alphonsus. And so kind of always knew of the Athenaeum, but it's really funny because the Athenaeum um, was run by different organizations and not, really associated with the church many people don't realize that it was you know owned by saint al's was owned by the archdiocese they kind of just thought it was its own thing but you know as parishioners we were like gosh there's this beautiful building it's really being underutilized how cool would it be if it was like a catholic center for art my husband and I are both sort of artists by trade my background's in theater his background is in cinematography um so we kind of had this you know artistic bend and then as parishioners had the Athenaeum in our mind. of like, oh gosh, this is such a great resource. I wish the church was taking advantage of this more. And so we kind of had that that mindset for years of like, gosh, someone should do something with the Athenaeum. Someone should really do something with the Athenaeum. There's so much potential here. Um, And then it was really on our honeymoon. I think my husband was reading... Bishop Barron book we're both like big Bishop Barron word on fire fans and he talks a lot about the intersection of faith and beauty um so I think he was reading this book and surrounded by the beauty of the Alps and just like really inspired and steeped in beauty and was like you know maybe we should do something about the Athenaeum and that's what really started getting the ball rolling on okay if we were to you know take over this building what would it look like how would we do this and and that started started the process about you know three, four years ago. And just in this past year, we've really been able to, you know, get started. It's exciting.
0: So what are you hoping to do? You know, you've got you had one pro, your initial program was on Dante um, in November. No. It was a mu- musical.
1: Production. So we yeah. did our kickoff. So last year, 2021, which is our kickoff year, was actually the year of Dante in Italy. It was 700 years since Dante's death. We also, in our historic Percenium Theater, there's a big medallion right above the stage of Dante meeting Beatrice. So it seemed sort of everything was coming together of like yeah. Dante. Uh, and so we, Elizabeth Lev, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's a Catholic art historian. She also sits on our board. At the Athenaeum and so she flew in from Rome and we kind of did this big Dante extravaganza which was sort of a combining art history and Liz's own story Dante is super um, played a big role in her life and in her conversion deepening of her faith so Combined kind of her story and her n- deep knowledge of Dante and, and his art. And then we also had um, the Scola Antiqua, which is an early music collective based out of the University of Chicago. So they perform different musical works from the time period. And then we also had local Chicago area actors perform some of the contos and it was all sort of interwoven together. So a beautiful just kind of immersion into Dante and into the divine comedy and into the text. And, you know, I'd never really um, seen Dante perform before, you know, I read it in college, yeah. but it was kind of a, a unique experience, I think, for a lot of us. Um, so that was the first of what we hope to be a lot of robust programming. We're actually having, yeah, a Dante seminar coming up, kind of building off of that. Father Bob is going to be leading a 10 week seminar on the divine comedy, really diving into that some more, but the goal long-term is to really create a community of people that, that we're evangelizing through beauty. So we want to put on different shows, different programming um, that, invites people to encounter beauty, creates a space for, for dialogue, and really um, cultivates the art. I think that the Catholic Church used to be really the, the leading driving force behind social and cultural life shaping the moral imagination of the world you know you think about all the great art the cathedrals of europe the paintings of michelangelo even just the tradition of like orchestral choral music all of these are products of a church that was deeply engaged in public life and human expression and i think in the last de- couple decades century or so like we've really lost our, our voice as a leading voice in the creation of art and so As we've lost that, I think, you know, secularism has sort of replaced Christianity as the leading spirit in Western culture. And as we've lost that, we've lost a sense of the world as as sacred. And so I think from our perspective and the church's perspective, you know, these transcendentals, truth, beauty, goodness, they always accompany one another. So as we're losing beauty, we're really like, or as we're losing truth and goodness, we're losing beauty, you know, all of these things come together. So I think if we can bring more beauty, into the world we're going to bring more goodness and we're going to lead people to encounters with truth as well so all these really go hand in hand and and that's the goal you know be become a leading voice again so not creating anything we're not you know reinventing the wheel this is what the church was doing from the beginning of its inception and i think we've just kind of stumbled a little bit and we need to retake that that position
0: you know and can you talk a little about why it's important because you know you'll you'll some folks will say, "Well, why waste the money on, you know, doing something like that? We should be more focused on social services and such." But it all's part and parcel, right? Like it all fits together. Right. And so, why does it matter? Why? Why should we? Yeah, be-
1: no, certainly not going to say don't spend money on social services. All of these things, as you say, like go so hand in hand, right? But I think that when we encounter something beautiful, when you know the soul meets something. That really makes it wonder you know aristotle tells us like wisdom begins in wonder and i think that when you encounter something beautiful it really helps you to know yourself in a more deep way it it leads to some self self self-knowledge it helps you to encounter the other in a deeper way and ultimately i think it helps you to encounter the divine beauty leads us to the divine and i think jp2 is super clear in his letter to artists, I don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. GPT's letter to artists, but in a lot of the documents of Vatican II, talk about the importance of art. And, um, you know, he tells us that in order to communicate, he says this, and I'm quoting from his letter to artists, he says, in order to communicate the message entrusted to her by Christ, the church needs art. And it's through his artistic creative." creativity that man appears more than ever in the image of God. So JP2 tells us like, we need art. And I think that, you know, beauty is the visible form of the good. And so it's through art that we're going to know ourselves more, know others more and ultimately know God.
0: Yeah. He was great for that. Right. Cause he was a, an actor and was, excuse yeah, me, he was he's done, stuff he's,
1: and- he wrote a lot of good stuff. Hopefully, you know, maybe someday we'll, Put it on at the Athenaeum. Get to know that more. Bring it more to more people.
0: Oh, that would be fun. Okay, you know we're gonna take a quick break in a minute, but um, that's what I really want to talk about when we come back is, you know, that encounter with with um, art and how it can move us, and then, you know, you know the the role it plays. Like we we talk a lot about, um, not talk a lot about, but you you see it in in secular things too that that people are moved by. Um, the different forms of art or music, and they may not realize that it's it it's yeah. transcendental, but it's um, it really is, and it connects us more, like you said, with the divine. So, okay, we'll take a quick quick Absolutely. break. This is beyond the headlines, and we're talking to Katie Joy Doffenbach about the Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture. Um, we'll be right back. Thank you. Is it? That-
2: Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake counties work together to offer sit down and to go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic Charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity.
1: We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food
2: Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need.
1: There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit, from servicing about 250
2: families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs.
1: Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half.
2: Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, Our parish is the largest
1: one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food, and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity.
2: The good works here are made possible through the Annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com.
0: Welcome back. I'm Joyce Derriga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic, the newspaper for the Archdiocese of Chicago. This is Beyond the Headlines, where we take a closer look at the stories and the people making the news and doing the good works around the Archdiocese. A short plug for the paper, you can find us at chicagocatholic.com. We come out every two weeks. The subscription's $25 a year. And you can follow us on social media. And we also, if you go to chicagocatholic.com, you can sign up for our newsletter that comes out. It's free. It comes out a couple times a week. So today we're talking to Katie Joy Daufenbach from the Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture. It's new. It's over on the campus of St. Alphonsus Church. And they're doing some great things around art and culture. So Katie Joy, welcome back. Thanks so
1: much, Joyce.
0: So... I've always had this interest in the intersection of, I'm not sure why, of art and uh, faith. So, for example, like Elvis, when he was asked what his favorite um, albums were that he created, it was the gospel music. Same thing with Johnny Cash. And I don't know if you know, but Matisse did a, um, he developed a strange friendship with a a nun in France and he ended up doing this little, right? And he's not, was not Catholic and he did everything from the vestments to the pews to the, you know, and it's so fascinating. And that was like his, he considered that his greatest work. His favorite, yeah. Yeah. And thank you, his favorite. And it seems like there's this something in the heart and the soul of artists that they know this is from, this gift is from a higher power and that they have a responsibility to do something with it and to... um, maybe give back to the creator somehow. Do you find that in in your encounter with, with things that um, you found that with other artists or anything?
1: Absolutely. Well, I think most artists are like asking the deep questions, right? Like their art, they want it to mean something. And so I think that whether or not they know they're searching, like they are. And so, and, and trying to find, The answers to these big questions in life through their art so i think in that sense as we're creating and as we're searching that's you know one of the ways that art has the capacity to help us ask those questions and then find the answer to that question which as catholics we know to be our creator right he's the one who gifted us with these abilities and so that's why i think JP 2 says through his artistic creativity man appears like more than ever in the image of God. When we're creating, we're participating in the work of God. And I think you, you sort of feel that intrinsically in your sense. And, you know, maybe you don't know, maybe they don't know what it is, but there's some, you know, deep communion and power that comes with that because it is an encounter with our creator, your mutual creation. So that's, it's, it's powerful stuff, right?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I always thought it would be fun if we could figure out a way to, fund a kind of a competition sort of, but that where we invited all artists, you know, maybe like each year would be a different form. Maybe one would be poetry, one would be sculpture, but, and kind of around the question of a higher power and then they would be awarded grants and stuff, but then it would generate kind of this discussion That's my dream. I don't know where that ever would come
1: from. Hey, hey, hey. very cool. um, Well, one of our long-term goals, we have a lot of of lofty goals at the Athenaeum, but one of our long-term hopes and dreams is to create an artist in residency program at the Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture to have space where artists could come and be supported and create, you know, new great works of art that could then share with the public. So that's, that is a long-term goal, so... What's we'll been the reaction to the
0: community to, I mean, Alph- Alphonsus, I mean, their school there is a, the school has mm-hmm. an arts focus too. So it seems like it's a good place to do all this stuff. But what, what's the response that you've been receiving so far?
1: Honestly, like a super warm response so far, the Athenaeum has been a really integral part of the neighborhood. And, you know, I think it's been, it's been a weird couple of years for everyone with mm-hmm. COVID and sort of been this separation from encounters with art from encounters with community and so i think that that's really made everyone that much more hungry for it because we 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 miss it we know how important it is and so i think you know getting to do that event in november and come together and have this shared experience of beauty was really so profound for so many of us because it was like gosh our souls need this <laughs> Like, finally,
0: finally, we can be back.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's important. Are there some examples
0: of in your life where you felt that transit? Like, was it a Mozart piece or was it, um, you know, a book or yeah?
1: Yeah, gosh, so many. I would say, you know, so my my training is actually in theater. I did my undergrad at Northwestern in in theater. And um, I'm going to sound like a total nerd here, but I love the Russians. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I, I really, um, I hadn't encountered any Russian literature or before college. And then, um, it was really in college that I started reading, you know, Chekhov, Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, and, and memorizing it as well. I think when you have to, you know, memorize things to perform, you really just get a deep knowledge. And I think there's so much, um truth in in that in in russian literature that i encountered that really helped me to um i guess understand yeah myself and and humanity in a more fundamental way and and encounter christ through that through that and and i think that's a great example that you were talking about too joyce where like um it's not catholic per se but there's so much truth and goodness in it that it is catholic and i think that that's what we're trying to do with the athenaeum as well where it's like it's not going to be like Everything we do is not going to be religious, per se, but it's going to have this beauty, truth, and goodness that that is Christocentric.
0: That's going to be exciting. Do you, Are there other ideas you have for this year that are you can talk about, or are you still planning? I know you're having Tons. a done So
1: we actually have um, an advisory committee. That we've put together um, just different people from different artistic disciplines here in Chicago and even nationally that are helping us kind of uh, formulate what we should be doing. So it, it is in a process and we haven't like made a firm decision on on what our next thing is, but there's a lot of things in the running right now. So I can't I can't speak to it just yet, but a lot of exciting things brewing. Um, so, yeah, more to come very soon. And you have
0: Bishop Mark Bartosik on your board. He and he was an actor. So he, um, he
1: was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Bishop Bartosik is a part of that advisory committee and has just been um, wonderful. I- we covered <laughs> um,
0: after, shortly after he became a bishop, we covered, he did this. Um, I can't quite remember uh, what it was exactly, but it was this acting piece. He and this woman did this uh, St. Bernard Bernard. Oh, was that
1: at, at uh, St. Gregory's? It was, yes. Okay, so my husband went to go see that. I was home with our baby, <laughs> we have okay. To, we tag team, um, so I did not get to see it, but I heard all about it and I heard it was wonderful. <laughs>
0: yeah, he did a great job, and it's so funny seeing a bishop up there doing acting because you're like, uh, oh. you know, it takes you a minute I to get know, it. I knew
1: you were so talented, yeah, yeah, no, he's been a super helpful, uh, asset, and it's just great to have, you know, obviously the bishop on this committee and to help guide it it's all very like nuanced and I think we're committed we're very much committed to excellence and everything that we do and so it's been so helpful to have his voice and his guidance as we're kind of wading through all the different you know options and trying to pursue excellence as we pursue beauty is there do you have any
0: suggestions for somebody who might be listening to this that might say hey you know I want to get into some of this, or I want to try and understand more the relationship between faith and beauty. I mean, Bishop Barron's been doing some great stuff with. I mean, a lot of what and yeah. Fire does talks about that, and he has that new magazine out that I just saw. I know it's been out for a few months or maybe yes. a year, but
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you have any suggestions on where someone could start, or?
1: I think a great place to start is JP2's Letters to Artists. I know I referenced it at the beginning of our conversation, but that for me, um, you know, I I read that also when I was in college and my husband and I read it together when we were dating again. And, you know, I like to revisit it from time to time because there is just such a deep calling for artists. And I think JP2 just does a great job talking about the importance and really, you know, basically saying all the things that I'm trying to say today in a deeply eloquent way. <laughs> so, he's just, uh, yeah, that's a great place for someone who's, you know, feeling that artistic calling, trying to think through like, what is my relationship? How can I live out my calling as a person of faith and as an artist? Um, and I think when I'm saying artist, I, I use the term really broadly. I think all of us can be artists in lots of different senses. I think, you know, sometimes we can have this narrow vision of what that means of like, I, I don't paint, I don't sculpt, I don't, you know, but I think that we can be artists in, in in a broad variety of ways. And so I think even reading that can open your mind to like, how am I an artist? Where am I called to create? Where is the Lord calling me to use this creative ability?
0: I'm going to have to go reread it. I had read once, have you read, Um, you probably have Jacques Maritain's Responsibility of
1: the Artist? i've read selections not the whole thing yeah
0: that's good stuff too that's uh if you ever get the chance um i think it's really? out of print but you can i got it on amazon on it's a okay. used copy okay. but he talks about the same thing and, and and it's really a call to action you know he's giving an address but it was call to action just like jp too about um the need for it and the creation and um and i do i agree with you 100 percent. i think i'll there's a, a wider uh there are a lot of artists out there in different ways. I mean, you can be an artist with cooking. You can be an artist, you know, you know, writing like what we do. You can do it in videography. Or you can do it in a lot of different ways. But, yeah, well, I think we do pigeonhole and just say, oh, it's just spank- yeah. painting and sculpture and Michelangelo and right. all the rest.
1: Right. No, which can be discouraging if you're like, gosh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, right, most of us aren't um, <laughs> on that level.
0: So... <laughs> But I wanna encourage everybody to go um, to your website. It's um Athenaeum Center. And you can I know that there's a newsletter that you can sign up for there and you can follow you on social media. And I wish you all the best. I think this is exciting. I did sign up for your newsletter this morning, so I'm I wanna keep in touch. Wonderful. Thank you. Well um
1: Yeah, please do stay tuned. Obviously this is just the beginning. You know, we're just getting started, so a lot of exciting things coming. We're This is our, um, you know, full inaugural year. So a lot of programming, we're starting some, we have like a founder's club, which if you are passionate about this intersection of faith and beauty and really evangelizing the culture through beauty and you're, you know, looking for a way to give back and get involved, that's a great way um, to do that is to become a founder of the Athenaeum. So check out our website for, for more information about that. But lots of exciting things coming. Is there any other
0: ways that? Okay, I, I, they're telling me one more minute, so let's. I'll, okay. I'll just wrap it up. So this is Joyce Stricker from Chicago Catholic. Katie Joy Doffenbach has been joining us from the Athenaeum Center. I keep saying it different ways for a center for <laughs> thought and culture. Um, check out their website and please thank you for listening today and for if you're viewing us on YouTube. We thank you for joining us today and. Keep um, in touch with us at ChicagoCatholic.com, and I'm Joyce Giriga, the editor of Chicago Catholic, and until next time, have a gentle and joy-filled day. Thank you.